Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 43. Our special guest is Michael Cusimano. Welcome, Michael Cusimano, to Broadway's Backbone. How are you? I'm good, Brad. How are you? I'm great. So we're sitting here in Far Island. I kidnapped you from your parents. We're going to do this fun little interview. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start by reading your major credits. Uh, on Broadway, you were in Chicago, All Shook Up, and American in Paris. Correct. This will come back to our original question, but where are you from and how you got started? Because you got started very young. Yes, I'm from Long Island, New York. Um, grew up about an hour and a half outside of the city. Uh, started dancing at six and uh, would come into the city a lot, take classes, and so I was kind of like, kind of a local to New York City, getting to know like the whole dance scene at a young age. At six years old, you knew the whole dance scene? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like by eight, I was taking classes, you know, with, with uh, Luigi and Frank Hatchett and like Madame Darvish and all those, all those like historic people. Like I was eight years old in the, in the classes with all the adults and like, you know, just doing all the combos, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a memory. I remember the old, sweaty, hot Broadway dance center where it just, it smelled like, you know, crotches and all that, and it, it was a nice smell at times. <laughs> just, you know, seeing all the adults, what they do, and... So, uh, at 15 years old, weren't you in a ballet company by then? Yeah, so, like, it happened really strangely. I didn't plan that at all, to be working professionally at 15. What happened was I had won an international ballet competition at 14 in Bulgaria. I won the bronze medal, but it was actually the top prize they gave. So basically I won first. I mean, nobody beat me. <laughs> You're right. I'm not going to lose. <laughs> so, um, so it was just random. Like, I actually went to ABT just to take a class. No, like, no plans to even think about uh, the possibility of a contract. And it happened in a matter of seconds. They said... We want him, we want him now, we, we want him in the company, and my parents and my teacher were like, what is happening, this is really weird. But I wound up taking the contract and just working since January 1995, yep. When you were 14 years old? I was 15 you and a 15. half, yeah. Oh, 15 and so a half. So basically my, my teenage years just kind of came to an end in a weird way, because all of a sudden I went from like high school and being a teenager to being in a world of like no one was under 18 most people were in their 20s and 30s there was like 90 dancers and I was the only 15 year old and then there was like an 18 year old that I could maybe talk to and then there were like two adults that actually would speak to me so it was weird so did you just drop out of high school or did you take the GED or did you do both at the well, same time? Well, I had, I had been homeschooling for like a couple of months before I got that contract mm. and then I did get my J, uh, GED. My GED, I'm educated. You see how <laughs> eloquently I speak? I got my GED when I was 21. Um, so I'm really proud of that and it's like I'm really super smart today. Well, that is excellent. Thank you. So did, where did you live at 15 years old? Well, I lived in Long Island with my parents, so I commuted. Commuted? For three to four years before I actually lived in the city. By the time I was 19, I was full-time in the city, working in the city. So I was commuting like three hours a day, five days a week. Oh my God, as a child, basically. As a kid, yeah. Just like barely spoke, was just awkward and just dancing and kicking my leg with a bunch of dysfunctional adults. It was great. Was it weird being a young gay boy around all of a sudden these uh, uh, gay adults and all that kind of stuff, do you feel like you, you grew up too fast or did you feel like you were able to have some type of teenage childhood? It felt really messy for, for years actually. Like I just really, I was very quiet. From the age of 15 to maybe like 17, 18, I got really quiet, really internal and I didn't speak a lot. Like a lot of my personality shut down because I was so intimidated by the adult energy and by like the the pressure of like, making it big in that company and like you know wanting to be liked and and wanting to fit in when I just couldn't figure out how to fit in when I was 15 16 17 with like people in their 30s it was very and touring around the world it was weird it was weird it was like a very slow emotional growth for me and a very slow adjustment um and I don't think I really started like finding myself until early to mid-20s when I started drifting away from the ballet world because it's very 
it's a, it's a very specific world, you know. Did you enjoy it, or were you just really good at it? I loved it so much. You did. Thanks for telling me I was really good at it, Brad. You just, you know. <laughs> well, you've been watching my childhood <laughs> videos like I do every day to be reminded of what a God-given talent I had. Um, I loved it so much. I was obsessed, like, obsessed. Like, it was my first love. Like, before I fell in love with any man, you know, which happens a lot, I was obsessed with ballet. It was my, it was my lover. I was like 24 hours a day. I mean, I think a lot of ballet dancers can relate to that. We're, we're a little crazy. We, we're obsessed with our, our bodies and the, the music and our, the stretching and the, and the, you know, the eating. The Did you eat? Um, I ate, I ate a lot. And then until someone told me when I was 18, who, who I love, it was actually one of my coaches. So I do love him. Um, yeah, so when I was 18, out of nowhere, like never being told I had something wrong with my body, out of nowhere, my coach was like, hey, do you think about, you know, what you're eating? And I was like, no, I never do. And, and my coach was like, you might want to start to think about that and, you know, be careful, just be careful. I literally had an eating disorder for like seven years after that conversation. Yeah, I took it to like, oh my God, there's something wrong with my body and I'm, I'm fat. Because that's like a lot of ballet dancers, just are, they just... There, we're, we we just don't know how to separate anything like yeah. that. So yeah, that was. I mean, I had like a minor minor eating disorder. I think most ballet dancers, male or female, have had some kind of like issue with like, what should I eat that broccoli or should I steam it or should I, you know, should I not eat that extra grain of brown rice? So I definitely, yeah. So I I didn't worry about food until I was eighteen, and all of a sudden I worried, and actually worrying about food just made me fatter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was ever like super fat, but you know, just holding more like emotional fat, just like holding on to that weight, like in my my big ass. Well, because so many people talk about eating disorders being such a, a female prevalent thing, so it's is it more secret in the male world? Male world because we're more embarrassed about it. I think I think it's pretty. What's the word like prevalent? Prevalent. 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 Is yes. that a word? Yes, it is a word. Use a new word I in did, the interview. I'm learning and growing. <laughs> this is wonderful. Yeah. So it's like it happens with guys too. Definitely happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not like so like crazy where I didn't eat and I was puking, but just like obsessive behavior. Like should I eat that? Like on a daily basis. Yeah. You know. Well, when I quit ballet, that stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did you do? Were you in the company? I was in ABT for almost seven years, and then I continued dancing ballet professionally for about three more years. Yeah, so I had like a little bit more of a career. I danced with Boston Ballet, Alabama Ballet. I freelanced a lot, which was really fun. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I love ballet. I still do. I love it so much. It just it ran its course, and I got what I needed after about ten years, and and like the transition happened to, you know more like theater stuff. So you're still the youngest person to ever be in an ABT? That I believe is a fact. I, I'm definitely the youngest guy. I know there's been a lot of girls that have been 15, but I don't think there's ever been, actually I'm pretty sure there's never been a, a male ballet dancer that has been hired at 15. It was just probably like a really random thing. They're like, we want them, we want them now. And, they, and that happened and it was awesome. And I, I'm so grateful for it. I mean, so many blessings from being in that company and dancing around the best dancers in the world, just seeing them on a daily basis, learning from them, absorbing that artistry and that high, the highest level of ballet. It's fascinating. It was, oh, yeah. it was wonderful, you know, and I still have lifelong friends from that whole experience and dancing in the biggest theaters around the world, the best, the best ballets that you never forget. You know, you like, I could like do all the full-length ballets and like every part like and still teach them like it's just in my brain you know I can't remember what I ate for breakfast but I can remember like all of La Bayadere like all three hours of I could sing you the whole score and do every part male female core principal whatever wow yeah that's like like it's like a talent I have <laughs> and are you still one of the youngest to win the international award definitely yes uh, females have won at 14 but Males have not won. Uh, there was one other one, I believe, um, at some point later on. But at the time, I was the, definitely, in 1994, the youngest to ever win a medal. Yes. In Bulgaria, which is like the Olympics of ballet. It's like yeah. equivalent to winning 
an Olympic medal in the ballet world. So yeah. at were you was your ego huge at that age, or were you just kind of still a shy kid? I was a little bit of both. I was definitely a little bit of a of a brat in at, for a little while, like. But I think that came from just insecurity. Like I, I be you know like. I was very talented and and at the same time I didn't quite know what to do with it all the time and like you know the energy was all over the place and like so I, I needed to be directed on like what to do with the talent you know um, because it's hard you know like okay it's hard being so gifted so young no, <laughs> I didn't just say that uh, um, you know then like people expect more from you right so then if you're not like I, I really believe that I didn't progress like through some teenage years as a dancer and, and like technically and artistically like I really got stuck and that was really hard to feel like what's happening to me like why am I not growing and because you don't want to peak too early you know you want right. to learn the you want to learn how to do the work and like build slowly and I think I just like shot really quickly at 14 to this you know winning this medal and and then starting a professional career was a lot happening at once you know were you teased at all for being a male da ballet dancer in New York in Long Island yeah it was horrible it was really bad I I rarely think about it and I try not to think about it because actually kids probably still cry like I remember crying in therapy maybe 10 years ago all of a sudden crying about it and I was like why am I crying oh my god does this really still hurt I was teased so bad oh my god the all the names all the names we know the names yes you know? lots of horrible names. yeah push against walls beat up thrown on the ground I mean almost on a daily basis like I got beat with an umbrella on a bus once I remember this kid just leaning over the the seat and just hitting me over and over with an umbrella it was terrible and the only thing that kept me going was dancing dancing you know and I would sit in in classrooms and like not really pay attention and just draw ballet dancers on or, or roller coasters. <laughs> but like, I'll draw like the most hyperextended legs and like arched feet and like make a tutu and draw all these ballet dancers in school. And I like, ba like dancing. Dancing was the only reason like I really feel like, I mean, I kept going. It was bad. I was, I was like the kid, you know? Yeah. To be teased. But I turned out so beautiful, so beautiful and really confident and I always have self-esteem. <laughs> Well, I've met your parents uh, just briefly, and they seem lovely. And they and you know, I met your sister. I mean, so it seemed like you were were they always supportive of you, even at that age? Always. Oh my God! From the second I like started moving around the house and like doing a split when I was six months old. Kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I'm exaggerating. I mean, you were seven maybe I old. was seven. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> they were just like put him in classes you know it just I mean classes by six so very supportive yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great I'm very lucky thank God for that you know so if you loved ballet so much when why did you decide I'm gonna leave it and pursue something else which ended up being musical theater how was that transition well I started to just feel like I think by like maybe 20 21 I started to feel like oh my god like this, maybe this just isn't enough like maybe you know there's more I can do and I was always really silly um, as a kid and then like I kind of lost that for years like just being really shut down in the ballet world but then it started like resurfacing my silly side and my more expressive side by like I remember by like 20 I started to feel like oh I'm, like it's coming back like I'm, I'm I'm really coming out of my shell again you know because you were really silly really as silly as a person so yeah. the fact that you, uh, you just told me that you were quiet and reserved I was like that does not and seem like you I know it's just like the environment I was in I was so like in a way intimidated by the overwhelming energy of like these like so many dancers and so much so many powerful um, personalities um, I think it was a, just a combination of many things that like made me transition I you know injuries really get to you so my body started to here and there like just <laughs> break an ankle quite often um, you broke an ankle a lot? I broke my left foot three times, like twice in the same spot, and then I had a stress fracture. But, you know, you heal in three months, and you go back, and you kind of forget it ever happened. Um, a lot of things, like, just kind of tired of, like, hating my body and, like, not, you know, just starving myself and, and feeling like, just feeling like, it wasn't my heart was just like not alive anymore 
I, I loved ballet and I love it so much. I did it as a kid and then the profession was working for a while and then I just started to feel like a voice that said like, there's more, there's more, there's more. Mm. And I, I didn't really figure that out until I was about 24, 25. And I think it was like, I really just remember thinking I need to take a break from ballet. I just need to take a break. I can't do this anymore. I just, no matter how, how, like what venue I try or like what company I'm with, just the, the being in the classroom and staring at my body and, and looking at my if, my, if my leg is bent, like then I'm not perfect. Or if I didn't do six pirouettes in the show, that one show I got, then like my life is over. I just didn't want, I just was like, there's more. Yeah. And I remember, because I really had some like serious body issues like with with like the eating and like thinking I'm, I'm not perfect and you know my legs are too round and they're my thighs are too big and like I was just like really just in a little bit of pain about that mm. like my heart was broken um and I remember having an epiphany is that what is that what Oprah calls it yes okay okay Thank God for Oprah. Oprah for president. <laughs> this election is a mess. <laughs> yeah. So I remember having this moment of like, oh my God, like I am not going to hate my body anymore. And it took me like seven years. And I just like stood. You want to hear the story? Yes. Okay. I stood. I just remember like I, I got naked and I, and I looked good. <laughs> I, I looked in the mirror naked and I looked at myself and I said, I'm never going to hate you again. And it changed my life. That moment changed my life. And I stopped dieting and I stopped hating my body. And that was like towards the end of like quitting ballet. And I knew like, you know what? I'm gonna try to audition for Broadway. I'm gonna see like how it goes. I'm gonna see if I can do this. I, I've never sung in my life. You know, I did jazz in 1988. I was Mr. Showstopper. Let's see if I can bring out my 80s jazz moves and book a Broadway show. And I moved back to New York and I said, I gotta be confident. I'm not gonna hate my body and I like my life changed you know like really just the power of I discovered the power of your mind yeah. thing like before I read the books about it <laughs> like I've made it up in my own head and I was like <laughs> this is a real thing I should write a book oh they already did so that was like a big moment that I I, I talked to my students about that at, at school like when I when I did the naked you know I'm never gonna hate you again because it's like a, it's a weird thing for me to talk about but I think it's it's powerful to give that back to people who maybe are stuck there. Well, I know just looking in the mirror and I like try to read my daily affirmation books and just looking at myself in the eyes and read something else is still hard. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine like the bravery and also taking it seriously. Yeah. You know, that's great. Oh, it was huge. It was huge. Yeah. And I felt like this big weight of like was lifted off my shoulders of like, why have I been hating my body? Because someone else told me it wasn't quite perfect. Right. Or maybe, you know, a few people said, your body's just not exactly what it should be. Or like, I remember this one time I was like my thinnest. I, I was down to 143 and I'm like 170 now. And I was, I remember weighing myself that morning. I was 143 and I went to ballet class and that was the only day someone came up to me and this woman was like, you look amazing. Are you, are you working differently? And I remember saying to her, no, I'm starving myself because I look I looked what I I look exactly what I should look like. And I think anyone who does ballet or even theater, theater, of course, like you right. know, we we get it like we get like why someone would look at you and be like, you look amazing. I, I can finally see the bones coming out of your um, stomach. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, you know. But then what's interesting is your first Broadway show was Chicago, which they're like cover you in spandex and you have to have biceps. Well, and talent, but I mean. Yeah, well, the first one was all shook up, but. but oh, it was. It was, yeah, I was 25 and it was my debut. But but Chicago, well, like. Let's go back to all, all shook up. Then. I, I went out of order. In head. You trying to get rid of me? <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, all shook up was your Broadway debut. So your yes. Broadway debut, you got to create a show. Like, yes. Oh my God, it was so terrifying. That's so magical. Like I almost quit the first three days because I didn't under I didn't I never really sang before. I didn't know what I didn't know what a baritone was or a tenor. And he was like, Michael, read the baritone. I, I was I didn't want to say I was clueless because I didn't want to I don't want them to know that I wasn't prepared. And like everyone had highlighters and re and tape recorders, and we're learning the music. And I had no idea where what I was looking at. I was like in tears on the inside, couldn't follow the note, and I thought like this 
you come from the ballet world and you th- and everything is so serious like you think okay I'm gonna like get fired right now because I can't find the baritone line like I, I came straight from ballet the ballet company world right into a Broadway show within two months so I was like very confused <laughs> I know <laughs> I was very very scared and confused and just trying to like figure it out but I was so amazed by the talent in that show and I was so amazed by like that the, the voices the singers and like I was like oh my god I want to learn how to do that and and I I was really amazed that people had opinions about things because people spoke and were like I don't like that part of the show but they need to change that and I was like oh my god why are they saying that because in, ba- in the ballet world like we would we would be very careful about like what we say and you know you just if the director says you know point your freaking foot like that you just shut up and do it and you just smile like you don't you don't say my character wouldn't point his foot in this part exactly like (laughs) i was like opinions what is that like people have a family people are like people go home and like eat dinner (laughs) no that's kidding i'm kidding my last year in boston ballet i just became a drunk (laughs) the pressure was too much i was like drinking uh, cappuccino martinis with my friend every night and living. Living. We actually had Christmas together that year. I don't know if you remember this. What? I know. No, because all oh, oh, Spamalot were in Chicago yes. together. And we had this huge Christmas party. I remember. Um, so, I mean, you wouldn't have remembered oh me. God. But when I saw that, I was like, wait a Did minute. Did we meet? Oh, no, I don't think we met. Okay. Um, but our, both of our casts, because we were both I, out of town, stuck in Chicago. And I was when I saw was reading your resume, I was like, we celebrated a holiday together. I totally remember that now. Wow. All Shook Up was one of the first, I, mean, I think it's one of the first big successful jukebox musicals. Um, and it was before Jersey Boys. And and, yeah. and a lot of people talk about that it was really good and underappreciated. I agree. I think so, too. It was, I think most people would agree with, to that. It was so good, so warm-hearted and sweet and and so well written and the, the musical arrangements were beautiful I I don't know I hope someday they'll bring it back and I just thought it was so magical yeah. they, did it have a decent run like a year seven months well seven oh. months on Broadway yeah so that would be probably considered a flop a little bit yeah how is that I mean after going from being so successful in the ballet world you transferred to Broadway and then your first big a show isn't very successful it was a little I think a little hurtful for all of us. I think we were such a little family. Yeah. And I think everyone felt sad. We would just feel like, oh, this show should run. But, you know, there's a thing called acceptance, which I still haven't learned at my age. Uh, it was it was hard when that, when that show closed. We all were like, you know, everyone was heartbroken, so. Well, was there like an hour between um, All Shook Up and Chicago? There was time, a lot of time. Oh, there was? Yeah, I think a year and a half. Okay. I did like I did gigs. I did, I did a nice New York City opera show, Most Happy Fella. I did, did the State Farm Industrial with Tony Stevens. I did one of those too. Oh, oh. wasn't that great? It was so great. Such so a nice great. job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fun, just great music and like traveling. Yeah, Jason Robert Brown wrote the State Farm Industrial. I did. Yep, me too. Yep. It's so weird that you that they you know I mean that there's so much creativity in in so many other places that you don't realize totally yeah so there was a chunk yeah there was a year and a half of like jumping around lots of auditions of course you know still wanted to get that that next Broadway show and I think I did oh I did get one but I turned it down <laughs> it's I whoops yeah what, what was this hot seat oh well you know that okay honestly smart, yeah smart the, move. the audition was like so hard it was like too much cardio and I I all I had drank that morning was Gatorade. So after the audition, I went outside and vomited. I wasn't the only one. There were a lot of us throwing up. I remember seeing lots of people puke because it was like it was like running a marathon. And I was like, huh, I really don't know if I want to do this eight times a week. So maybe I should just not do it because they did offer me a part. And I was like, oh God, I can't. I don't think I can do. I can't throw up every night after the show. So I said, sometimes you have to say no. Yes, you know. I don't I mean, think yes is a most great people say word. no to Broadway shows. Mm, probably not. I just could, I just didn't want to do that to myself. Which is great that you have a great sense of yourself. Yeah, it was a hard choice. I mean, it wasn't like no. I mean, it was like oh, I really should do this Broadway show. I really should get another credit. But I weighed I weighed the options. I wrote a list of positives and negatives on two sides of a piece of paper, 
and I had another job offer, and, and which wasn't Broadway, but it was a nice offer. So I was like, oh, like, you know, the only thing really better, the only two things better about this this Broadway show is that it's a Broadway show, and the other thing is the pay. And the other option for the other show was like, you know, less strenuous on my body, maybe more joy, getting to stay in New York, blah blah blah. And I just weighed the options. I was like, you know what? I'll just do this other gig and hope something else happens in the future. So that was a hard decision. But oh, I bet. Yeah. But that's the choice I made. Yep. And so now it's Chicago. Yes. Right, no, all right, just, now I can actually talk about it. So how long were you in that show? Six and a half years. And how long had it been running when you jumped into it? Um, I feel like they had just celebrated their 10th anniversary. Because they opened in 97, I think, and I joined in 2007. So how was it entering a show that had been running for 10 years? Were, were the people warm and acceptive? I, I hear that they're very cold. Not mean, but just shut off. It's a, like getting in the show is like, you know, it's the show is running. So like you, you learn the show real fast and, and the show is hard to learn because it's so much improv, right? So right. like you got to come up with, well, it was at the time. I don't, I think the, the show has changed a little bit now, but when I joined it was tons of improv so you got to figure out like you know there's two eights over here and then you walk across the stage it's a 12 and then it's and then it's one more eight and then you wait like a 10 and it's like and then and you're like well what's the choreo and they're like well this is all improv so you got to like figure it out like by tomorrow um so because that was a lot like you know figuring that out because I think I did a pay to choreograph your own stuff no <laughs> that's <laughs> just, weird it's just like it's just how how it goes and then, and then it turns out to be a beautiful thing because then if you you wind up doing your improv for a few months and you're like I don't really like this move you can totally change it and if, if the if the dance captain approves like yeah that's that's even better like keep that it's it's kind of fun keeps it fresh you know yeah because for uh, six years you need stuff to keep it fresh yeah yeah put getting put into that show was like a quick process it was like I, I had I had never sung with so few guys on stage like because it's a smaller ensemble so like I really had to learn to hold my part vocally because it was a lot of pressure for me to, to sound better and and hold my part you know because you could hear me you can hear if someone's off in that ensemble yeah it's not 30 people it's small so that was good that was a big learning experience and the musical director was amazing and she helped me a lot Leslie Stackleman just like really pushed my butt and like really she was she got me going and um getting in the show like the the pudding yeah like people are like you know they're doing they're just they're comfortable in the show so like you gotta you gotta step it up and show up for your put in and and they expect you to be good and um but once you're in and like you're part of the family it i mean for me chicago was like brilliant it was like it taught me so much i was really really happy it, i i wouldn't have stayed that long if i wasn't you know right it was it was very special to me. It's a really big part of my heart. That yeah. show will always be a huge to me. Really, really huge. And you know, being in that show was pretty quick. Like I remember, I think I was supposed to put it, be put in like a week and it wound up being like five days. But I think they do that with a lot of people. Wow. I think they put people in early if they're ready. They're like, boom, yeah. you're, you know, day early, go. Um, it was my first time speaking on stage, which was like really big for me. And especially, like I said before, I didn't talk a lot as a teenager like I you know like I didn't really use that part of my body <laughs> it's just was not very formed you know speech and and breath and resonance and articulation was was not really a, a thing that I had any idea about but that show helped me a lot they guided me they were very patient with me they supported me you know like I remember BB Newworth with was like helping me a lot in the beginning she was she was uh my first roxy oh wow so she she would just like take me under her wing and take me aside and help me and like give me pointers for for positions and choreo and style and she would totally help me with my line she'd be like michael try it like this i just i mean thank god like that everyone like yeah like i remember after the first show i told the whole ensemble i was like that's my first time speaking ever on stage i've never like spoken like, why couldn't it have been, you know, in the, the Long Island or the Staten Island Playhouse where I had my first line? It's a little bit less pressure. Yes. Why did it have to be on a Broadway stage? <laughs> it's terrifying. So where are you now as a singer? You have a lovely voice. Thank so you. where, 
when did you become like confident like no this little ballet boy can hold his own as a vocalist well it's been a long process i mean i, I didn't start singing until i was 25 like that for me i think that's late i mean i i don't know is it late but you know what i you know remember you know tyler maynard and i are really good friends tyler would drag me to karaoke and make me sing so like i would like learn to sing in karaoke bars and um because voice lessons kind of never really i just could never click with a teacher maybe i should still try a voice lesson because i do have to sing in two weeks at a show really i am uh, wow i know but that let's let's back up no um just like what uh, singing sing i really enjoy singing i think it's really fun i still have a lot to learn you know um but i do really enjoy it and it's just like you know, the confidence is still building. You know, if I have to go to an audition and sing, of course I'm gonna be nervous and, yeah, it's just like, it's been fun, like learning a new skill. Yeah. You know, cause it wasn't as natural as, the dancing was like natural, like I was a kid dancing, but singing was like, oh, I, I better like, I better do some work, you know, I gotta work at this. And, yeah. And I really like the fact that I have to work at it. Like, it's really nice to, to feel like okay like if i do a show and i sound okay like i put in that work and i'm really proud of that oh that's great yeah so with american in paris which was you know it won uh, uh best choreography you guys got to uh go out of town and actually do it in paris yeah how was uh that experience because it's a show about that has so much dancing in it yeah it was well it was interesting because like i i had kind of been off for a year it's not off like i've been teaching and and just playing around and still you know I'll do a gig here and there but like like jumping back into a show where it was like it was very difficult dancing I was like oh god I gotta I gotta get my body going in a matter of days um, so it was hard and like just getting back into the process of like starting from scratch and building a show like my brain had to readjust because I'm I'm very used to just like being my own boss in a way and like doing my own thing and you know writing my own stuff or like doing my own character like doing a little you know, a little gig here as a as a character or an event or t being in a, an environment where I had to like quiet down and like listen and like uh, and learn choreo be kind of like a student again in a way it was like I had to adjust quickly to that again and like do you know what I'm saying yes well I think what's fascinating is one of the reasons I wanted to interview you is the very first day I met you um, and the second time I met you you were off to go gambling so but that's a yeah. that's a different I love podcast. gambling that's a different podcast about your yeah. gambling addiction I play the Titanic machine in it in the Bulgada Atlantic City uh, I met you and you were like oh I just left American in Paris and from someone like me I was like oh that means you must have another gig and you know, you something else is going on and I was like great so why'd you leave and you just you I was complete stranger like well I wasn't creatively satisfied anymore and uh, had nothing to do with the show it had to do with your heart yeah. and I was shocked because I, I know people that say that all the time and they stay in a show for five years how were you that brave to say that but it makes sense you turned down a hot feet but yeah. to be able to t talk about your joy being more important than continuing to be on Broadway getting a production contract because that was as soon as you said that I was like I need to start getting to know him better so I can ask him to be on my podcast <laughs> yeah it just well it just I felt like it just ran its course like I, I just felt like is there anything for me to explore in this show is there anything for me to like feel alive and feel growth and like joy and like something to like you know make the blood rush through my veins and I just asked myself that question and I just I felt like it had I, I just feel like it ran its course like I learned what I needed to learn the paycheck was great but I it's just not important like I just felt like you know life is more important and I need to like be really scared right now and really brave and when I put in my notice I was like wow I'm putting my notice pretty soon you know like I only gave it seven months and and I cried on my last show and I, I loved my family there the people were were magical and I have lifelong friends but I just a voice just said like this isn't for you like you need to you need to like do your own thing and just dive in to whatever is next and I, I had no idea what's next I mean I had I had like a little bit of work set up, you know, like I, I work at Pace University, I love it, and it's a beautiful job. It, you know, a Broadway show is like, that's a production contract, that's a, yeah. that's a salary, that's a health insurance and everything. And, and one best choreographer, so you knew it had some longevity, not... Yeah, and it was gonna run, and, and it, it it's had a beautiful run, and I loved it, I loved, I loved everything about it, but I just felt like, 
you know this it just it had its run for me and a lot of and a voice inside of me saying like you're you're you can do more you really can are capable of doing more like you gotta be your own boss you gotta dig within and I mean like right right when I left the show like within a matter of weeks I taught a ballet class as my Russian ballerina character so what does that say like like the the closing the the door like opened up a new door and I started basically another for another venue of creativity by teaching ballet as Olga Madame Olga Vaginova which is my creation I feel really good about that that I've I've created that from within me it's come like from my gut out of my body and my voice you know well, let's talk about uh, Olga. Well, you love teaching, and I've taken your love class. It. I as, love teaching. I've taken it. Your class is Mikey, and you're great. Thanks. But I've taken Olga's class, and Olga's class is actually harder than Mikey's class. Ah! But my thing that was so impressive is just your commitment to a character. Yeah. You taught this really hard ballet class as this woman, and I, you didn't even break characters. There's a couple times you were being silly, but how out of nowhere were you like I'm going to create this character and she's going to teach ballet class and I'm going to teach professional I'm going to teach it or no, yeah, ballet, ballet arts. arts yeah I started doing the character years ago like I don't remember 10, 12, 15 years ago just fooling around just like out of nowhere just like doing a voice like you know imitating a, imitating a Russian ballerina a Russian woman you know like I was just was fascinated by Russian women they're just so rich and like they, they're just you. I mean, I can you can spot one on, on the street. Like you just walk past one. You know, oh, she's she's Russian. <laughs> I get. I grew up with a lot of Russian ballerinas, and you know, of course, they're, they're the best in the world. We all know that. Um, <laughs> the, the Russian training's the best, and the Russian dancers are the best. And okay, <laughs> but like, I just was fascinated by it. And I started imitating it, and and I came up with the name. I, I don't remember when. Olga Vaginova just popped in my head. Years when, If you're under 18, she's Madame Olga V, you know. Right. Because she teaches kids now. So she's yeah, got to be There was kids in the class I took. Yeah. There's yeah. only two, but yeah. they weren't They weren't scared of her at all. No. I was. But kids love Olga. They love Olga. I've never had a problem. Well, not yet. Knock on wood. But um, I started doing her years ago. Yeah, and it just, I don't. I, you know, Chicago the musical gave me the opportunity to really explore her. I, I I'm get, I, Chicago like is I give the credit to Chicago and Melissa Rayman who's in you probably know her she's amazing she's in she was in Chicago with me she encouraged me she was like Mikey do this character why don't you do it in a and why don't you do this character in a Broadway Cares event like let's let's do Dying Swan and you'll dance and you'll be funny and make a skit and and we'll with Ryan Lowe he'll sing and we'll do a skit and like she, she pushed me Chicago pushed me to do this character and then I wound up doing Olga a lot backstage like uh, during Hanyak's death scene when she gets hung like Olga wound up teaching a sex class like every day for like a year <laughs> until she ran out of things to say it was just fun like we would just improv backstage and have fun and but it really it, yeah I did her I did her quite a few times on stage in these shows and then it, and then just the teaching started happening Nove this past November of 2015. It, it was just uh, the, the owner of Ballet Arts was like, "Hey, you should does Olga teach?" And I was like, "Oh my God, she could totally teach!" And that was crazy because the first time I did it, it was like, "Maybe this is just a bad idea." I've never done her for more than five minutes, <laughs> and then you know, I get dressed in like a secret location, become her, and then and then it's 90 minutes of of her and then I, I I did her once for three hours straight oh my gosh in Texas I, I did her in Texas Texas loves her of course and they embrace people like her you know very open to the uh, she's very strict she's very strict yeah she's got her cane but uh, I, I got hit by the cane the day yes, I took she, class she did like hitting you I, at least I think she did but I still haven't met her so I oh, can't right. really, yeah I can't really ask her so with Pace it's actually like universities how do you teach differently at a university as opposed to when you do your master classes all over the country I or really try not to I just try to do what I feel is necessary in the classroom at the time for whoever's in it I just feel it out um, try to just be myself so they, the the kids at the university or wherever I teach open classes can see like just this is me and like this is wherever I'm at that day like that's what you're getting and like right. we'll, work, we'll work together I like I kind of like r running class like almost like it's a company like you know um, of course you teach technique but you I want it to be like what do people need that day you know and try to be sensitive to everyone so I try to bring that to the university as much as I can because those kids need 
life guidance as much as they need to learn how to do fifth position, you know, like, um, that's kind of, I, I approach my teaching pretty similar in, in all the places I teach, I think, um, and I don't really, Olga, Olga approaches things her own way, like, seriously, like, when Olga teaches, it's, I think it's different, it's like, her brain, it's my brain, I guess, but her brain is, like, thinking different thoughts, and, and she's thinking about her past, and what, how her past can affect these people she's teaching, and she thinks as her, and feels as her, and it's really weird, but... Yeah, people are going to think you're crazy right now. I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's no, weird. I think, I, mean, I think it's fascinating because it's, it's a... Because you're, t you're such a good teacher anyway. You. Do you get that creativity out of teaching as much as you did performing? Oh, I, I totally do. Oh, my God. I feel like teaching is, like, heart-filling. My, my heart feels full when I'm teaching and and just looking at people and feeling their lives like what they're going through or like what they need what they want out of dance out of life you know it's not just about the, the tondus it's about like why are they here in this room today what are what do they need to get i know if i go to class it's not just about like i need to like really work on my turnout today like i don't know it's more it's deeper than that yeah and i enjoy that and i feel like that's really special to share those energies with people you know so i get so much out of teaching like i don't I want to be on stage, I want to perform as much as I can, like, probably for a long time, but I don't need to do that, like, every day right now. And you said you hated auditions. You had a big audition this week. I don't know, did you even go? Yeah. You did go. Because <laughs> when I talked to you, you were like, I'm not, I don't want to audition anymore. Yeah, I just don't really like being in a room with, like, 40 guys and, like, you know, we have to, like, compete and, like, you know, everyone wants the same thing. And did you like, like it when you were 22, though? I didn't mind at all. Right. No, and I didn't, I didn't, I never loved it. I never was like, oh my God, I love it. It's just like, it's just like taking a dance class. Like I'll sweat and I'll get my class for free. Like I've heard people say that, like, it's just like a free class. No, I used to say that actually. Really? Yeah. Oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's just, it's just your way of dealing, isn't it, Brad, Bradley? I say that all the time. It's like, I'm it's sorry, I just totally insulted you. I'll make it up to you later. I promise. <laughs> I'll take you out for a lobster dinner. All right, no, no, that's, it wasn't an insult at I all. Know, I'm kidding. So, but now at uh, the ripe old age of whatever you are, yeah. older, yeah. you you don't like auditioning. No, I mean if it's something I feel like I really should go to, I'll go. But I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to like show you like that I'm like worth. I'm like worth it anymore. Like I don't want to like show you right. that I'm worth that. You know your your approval and like I'm I'm good enough. Like I can. I but can, once again, as a person, you were like, you when I talked to you, you were like, I don't think I want to go, but not for the big project. You were just like, I just don't feel it right in my heart. Again, what dancer says that? Other dancers would be like, I have to go to this audition. It's going to change my life, and then I'm going to be a star. And you were like, I don't think I want to work that hard, or I want to do it, or whatever yeah. your justification was. It's always shocking to me that you choose the joy as, of, as opposed to like this idea of success. Yeah, I mean, it, like like I said, like I I will audition like when I feel like it's the right, the right fit for me. But I just really, I really like um, being my own leader. I don't. I have a lot of trouble like, a lot of trouble being told what to do, and a lot of trouble like like all right, uh, uh, like you know, just like armors on one and two, three. Like it just makes me like it makes it drives me crazy. Like I can't like. I, I just need to be right now right, just like right now in my life I just kind of need to like be my own leader I've always kind of had my own opinions even when I was like you know a little kid I've always you know I had uh, my own visions about like what's good for me and at this point in my life right now I just need to listen to that voice and do and just do me if, if that's the expression and these, I need to see where that goes yeah. you know and do you have a a, tra a trajectory of where you want to keep going right now or are you open to anything I'm really open to anything I do have like you know a little I want Olga Olga Vaginova to have a little web series and if one person sees it and is happy I'm happy you know what I'm saying like yeah. as long as like like I don't care how many people see it or like who laughs or doesn't I just want to feel like okay I'm doing something that I believe in that is coming from within and I'm going to do it and I'm it's and I'm I'm gonna create it from with from inside of me 
and I'm gonna put it out there and like that's and it's, it's just gonna be out there like that's all that matters you know yeah I don't need to be like I, I need like this um, status or like um, I don't need that right now I don't need to I don't need any like I don't want that validation I'd rather just listen to my gut right now you know that's just where I'm at and you know you could ask me in a year like things can change you yeah. know maybe I'll be really craving like to learn tap dancing I don't know <laughs> well, I can see you tap dancing <laughs> I can't I know you can uh, I can't tap at all so uh, out of your whole career if there's one moment that you were just like this moment I'm so proud of this is like uh, I relish that do you have one that just sticks out or do you have two I have one that I really think is important it was back at ABT I remember I was 20 years old and it was the taming of the shrew ballet and I, I got to play a little silly character and it was all the character needed to do was like walk kind of awkward right like the character just walked a little bit funny if you, if, you know ballet humor is a little you know different um, so I had this character and I, I really started to like take it over the top and in the show I did it like really over the top like I kind of I, I was being bad like I went I went I did like my own choreography a little bit and I like made I like put my leg over my head and was like hopping around and making faces and and my fellow dancers in the company were laughing in the wings like a lot and I was like oh my god this is this is good like they're laughing and and the whole Met Opera House like in Lincoln Center was like laughing and and apparently they were laughing at me so we had like eight more shows and what I did that I'm a big moment in my guess me a big moment in my career I felt like so the uh, the other dancer was like Mikey just keep doing that and I kind of was told to like not do it I was told um, like you know you really need to like not do that in the kitchen scene like you really need to please tone it down like just just do what you know the choreo but all the other dancers were like no do it more like do it more and more and more and I was like okay and I, I was I listened to them and I just every show I did like more over the top more over the top and the Met Opera's house like you imagine all those people yeah like, like roaring laughing and because I'm acting like such an idiot on stage and 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 I didn't listen I listened to my gut to just be a crazy person and just hearing that laughter and I felt like that was a big turning point for me because I was like following my voice that said like just be who you are you know I do exactly so that was that was big for me to like go against like what I was supposed to do whoops we have a lot of metaphors of like finding your voice as a performer and as a person it's yeah. like it seems like you you have a, a nice balance or you're working towards having a nice balance as opposed to having tunnel vision so and that's yeah. definitely that's definitely a joy and something that I'll learn from if you could end this podcast with one song in your life uh, that means something to you, whether from your career or from right this second, what would what would you want this podcast to end with? You mean like you don't have you're to gonna sing play, it? You're gonna play a song? Yeah, I'm gonna play a song. Oh, have you never listened to my podcast? Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but obviously I, not. <laughs> I was thinking about that today. I was like, I need to listen to all of them because I'm I'm doing this today. But I kind of wanted to like not. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, like I, I, I'll do that with like a show. Like if I if I do a show, I usually like sometimes won't ever listen to the music or the, know the story. I like I want to go in fresh. Is that weird? No. Like it depends on what what the job is. But like for everyone's this, everyone's process kinda, is different. Yeah, I was kind of like you know what? I'd rather just like I didn't even look at the questions. You didn't. No. Wow. I didn't want to. Well, I think that's great. I, I yeah I wanted to just like feel it in the moment. Um, I really love. Uh, Journey is my favorite um, band, and I really like Don't Stop Believing a lot. But not the Glee version. But no, <laughs> the original version. That's one of my favorite songs. That's always like the. I mean, if I'm feeling like down a little bit, uh, or a lot, <laughs> I've never been depressed. I swear, I've never. I've, I've always been happy every day of my life. I've never been sad. No, like just I, when I'm down, I mean, don't stop believing, hold on to that feeling. Yeah. It just gets me like, gets me going. Well, thank you for being so candid. I will, I'm going to take your class and Olga's class again. Ah, yes. Yes. And um, your joy. So thank you. too, Brad. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train going in 
Share 